Welcome to Keeping It Real with your hosts, Meryl Poven and Veronica Brandon Miller. Hi, I'm Veronica. And I'm Meryl. And this is Keeping It Real in Real Estate. You know, a lot of people have written in and want to know information, and one of the questions was about appraisals. And it's funny you say this, because one of the homes that I'm about to list, um, he asked, should I do an appraisal? And to be honest, because it's one of those, not a cookie cutter, like it is so unique, I would suggest doing a a pre-appraisal. Is it a finance buyer? Um, no, it's not even on the market yet. Oh, okay. But for us to get a sense, because he, let's face it, this uh, couple outpriced themselves in the neighborhood, okay. no matter what. So it would take, like you said, that like unique buyer. So let's find out exactly what it's worth, because what happens when it doesn't appraise? Well, I think to go backwards for one second, I think one of the things that's really important is to understand the differences between the different types of appraisals, because you can have your assessed value of your home, which is basically you know for your taxes, which changes every year, mm-hmm. and then you can have your fair market value. Right. And the fair market value is basically just the agreement between okay. the buyer and the seller of what they're willing to pay for the house. And right. those two values are, are very different values. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so, so sometimes it's uh, just important to understand uh, the difference between what the assessed value, the different assessed values are. Yes, and when, and when we do comps, it's not an appraisal. It's exactly that. We do a, a comparison of what's happening in the neighborhood. And unfortunately, um, when you are in a neighborhood, it puts restrictions. Indeed. So, Indeed. Yeah. I, and, you know, have you ever had a, a bad appraisal? Well, uh, not, not so much a bad appraisal as much as it is that understanding that with finance buyers that a bank is not going to loan more money than the house is assessed for. So mm-hmm. if, if, if a seller digs in and wants, let's just say $400,000 for their home, but the house is appraised at three hundred and fifty, dollars but the, purchased, the purchase price was $400,000, then that is a deal that has $50,000 left on the table somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's where things become wonky. I've had a couple of deals like that where if it is a finance buyer, again, a bank is not gonna loan more than the assessed value of the home. So when you think that that deal is just about solid, the buyer and the seller still need to come together and come up with it because normally a buyer will dig in as they should um, because they don't wanna spend more uh, they don't want to buy the house for more than the bank says it's worth. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you're going to have to come to some sort of agreement, the buyer and seller, to adjust that sale price accordingly. Or that's the reason that something can fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does get a little wonky sometimes. And I have had that happen a few times. One of the um, situations I was in, literally, the people wanted the house so much, but it came down to the appraisal. Um, and that's when... You know, I, I know a few shows back we said, if you love it and you don't want to miss out on this, then you do have to put some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And this time we said, if you put more money up front, it matches. And, you know, unless they really want, really want that house, they'll be digging their... Their feet in I don't the know ground. if everybody really understands what that means, though. Okay. We, I think we understand what that means, but yeah. just, to, just to go back and clarify what that means a little bit, it could mean that, so again, we'll go back to that $400,000 house. If 
you're putting $200,000 down, then you're only asking the bank to loan $200,000 of that $400,000 mm -hmm. purchase price. But if you are a 100%, let's just pretend that it's a, a VA buyer that's 100% financed, even though a VA, a VA loan is run a little bit differently, um, well, regardless, if you're not if you're not putting down a, a large enough chunk to meet that appraisal gap, mm -hmm. then that's that's where you have to start renegotiating things. Does that right. make sense? Oh, totally. Because if the bank says uh, max three hundred thousand, then we have to go back to the drawing board. Can you make up that difference? Correct. If you can make up that difference, everyone's happy. Um, because let's let's face it, appraisals are going up and down, up and down, depending what's happening. Um, you know, a home we were looking at, um, at some buyers, 800000 mm -hmm. Beautiful, it made sense, the comps agreed, that was six months ago. Mm -hmm. It's not appraised at that right now. It is totally different. So being on top of that, yes, you know, like, I, I'm going to throw this out. Mm -hmm. What happens if they go, I really want this house, but I'm going to wait three months? It's not going to be there. Exactly. So if you love something, as Meryl always says, if you love it and you'll be upset if you lose it, then negotiate. This is time to work together. Yes, and exactly. Accept. Yeah. Exactly. And, and to be prepared because if you're not putting a lot down and the appraisal comes back, you have to just sort of be prepared. Are you going to come to the table with more money? Are you willing to concede, whether you're the buyer or the seller, are you willing to concede on one side or the other mm -hmm. um, to meet in the middle to make that property, uh, that contract? Go to the end. Go to close. Yeah. What so. are some surprises that happen in appraisals? Um, some surprises. Well, there are a couple of things that um, people aren't aware of that can affect uh, appraisals, and I think that you know. Um, well, let's say for example, it could be um, odors. Oh, big time. Odors. If you are if you are buying a house where there is somebody that chain smoked and it is in the walls and it is in the carpet, it is in everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, even though structurally the house is the same, it is going to sell. I, I think I remember reading somewhere that it was something like houses that had strong, strong odors were something like 77% harder to sell oh, yeah. than a regular house just because strong pet odors, mm -hmm. strong spices, if it's a house from a, an ethnic mm -hmm. uh, home cooking home where sure. just, I know that curry mm -hmm. was, was a problem in one, one home, um, even though I would love my house to I would like curry. Balls. I would too. <laughs> Um, but smoke and mustiness, um, strong uh, animal odors, that is something that can affect um, an appraisal. Um, your neighbors, when you said you said something about your neighbors before. If you are somebody that takes excellent care of your property, but your neighbor's uh, yard is not well kept, um, that can be something that affects your property value. Um, your landscaping. Oh, yeah. Okay, if you're... If it's, First... Uh, what is it? First impression. First impression. That is your first impression. And if your landscaping is not up to par with the rest of the neighborhood, then you can actually have, a, again, I, I'm just a stats person, I think it was something like 85% of, of, um, of homeowners. Of homeowners. That's the first thing that they see. And that it was something like five to seven percent of the, of the assessed value can be affected by um, too sparse. Mm -hmm. Landscaping um, or or outdoing the neighborhood, they right. can affect things on bo in both sides five to seven percent. Oh, absolutely! And uh, going back to the odors, one of the things you have to take into account is that if there is a strong odor, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you clean; 
it's probably in the air ducts. Mm -hmm. So now that buyer will probably turn around and say, you know, I want the house, but I need you to do uh, air duct cleaning. Air duct cleaning, it's always a good idea to repaint, recarpet. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll get that money back because if you think about it, I mean, if you're, if you're going to lose, you know, 10, 12% off of your value from, from those things, then it's more cost effective for you to remedy those things on the front side Absolutely. than to have to address them on the flip side. True. Yes. Well, yes. I hope this was helpful. And next, we're going to hear from Title Time, Cynthia Rydell from Rydell Law Group. Now it's title time with Cynthia Rydell from Rydell Law Group. When is a trust appropriate? I often get this question asked and my answer is if you have property located in more than one state, it's a good idea to have a revocable living trust in order to title all of your property located around all of the many states in one trust vehicle. This is in order to avoid multiple probate proceedings that have to occur in each jurisdiction where you have property. And it saves time and it saves money upon your passing. Another reason I would recommend a trust is if you have minor children. You can often fund this trust with your property and also list a person, a fiduciary called the trustee, to maintain this trust for the benefit of your minor children until they reach a certain age and gives you some certainty and certainly protects your legacy. Now it's time for a Mortgage Minute with Laura Hanzelka from Guaranteed Rate Affinity. Hi, this is Laura Hanzelka with Guaranteed Rate Affinity and I'm here with your Mortgage Minute today. We're going to talk about credit scores because credit is a very important part of qualifying for a mortgage. A lot of times people look at their monthly credit card balance, or I'm sorry, their monthly credit card application and there's always a button that says, you know, click here for your credit score. So they call me and they tell me what the credit score is and they're very surprised when I don't get the same credit score. And the reason for that is different types of lenders look at different criteria. So for a mortgage, our credit score on our credit report is going to be different than if you go out today and you buy a car or if you open a new credit card. So it's very important to make sure that you are looking for the right score. And there are a number of resources out there to get that information. So if you're interested in further information, please give me a call at area code 727-504-0910. Now it's time for Safety Second with Cindy Winning with Premier Home Watch. Hi, this is Cindy Winning with Premier Home Watch and this is your 60 second safety tip. We want to be on the lookout when we are looking at a home for moisture. So we're going to go in with a tool, it's called a moisture meter, and we're going to check if we see evidence of a baseboard trim coming away, that's when that meter comes out. That's when we're reading the wall to see. Where's that water intrusion coming from? You'd be surprised. It could be as simple as one of your, one of your um, sprinkler heads in the yard, it's gotten out of whack and now it's spraying the side of the house. And that moisture is penetrating Slow but sure, it's going to get into the home and cause severe damage. That's your safety tip. 
Now back with Meryl and Veronica. Well, again, we hope that you've learned some information and always use us as trusted advisors because we're here to help you either sell or buy a home. And you can reach us, our uh, websites are at the bottom. And again, I, I hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for stopping in to say hi. And sharing <laughs> your day with us. Yes, thank you.